My next guest is Rebecca Hen, a visionary brand strategist specializing in guiding heart-centric thinkers and purpose-driven travel brands towards impactful storytelling. With her expert guidance, she empowers them to unearth their distinct narrative and amplify their message, fostering positive change in the world. Through a deeply collaborative approach to brand design, Rebecca blends education and intentional strategy, shaping transformative journeys that resonate and inspire. I caught up with Rebecca recently immersed in her latest project on a lavender farm and winery here on Vancouver Island. All right, Rebecca Han. Hmm. <laughs> I can't believe I agreed to this. And so how did you get started in this work? I think I kind of just fell into it in a way because people kept coming to me for help with their businesses. So yeah, I just kind of like followed that thread organically. Most of what I've done in my life is self-taught. I definitely have done my share of schooling, but in when I'm not in like formal studies, I'm online learning or reading books or doing whatever I can to acquire more information. And I think people sort of see that and project my capabilities in a way. And that's where I got started, basically. And your career path before that, you were in tourism. I was working in tourism. Yeah. So originally, I guess, started as a professional camper. My passion was for the outdoors, taking people on tours, teaching kayaking and traveling a lot. And then I had an injury. So I kind of stopped working in the field and went back to school and studied communications. And that started to kind of like weave into my work in tourism and shifting more into the branding and marketing communication side. Mm -hmm. And what is it <clears throat> about why do you like to go so, so you, you tend to dig way deeper than most branding companies would. You really get into the, you know, the granules and the minutia and really dig out, I think, like the essence of the business and the essence of the person. And you have a, a way to sort of like reach in and grab the heart of it and bring that out. So what, what drives you to do that? What drives that? That would be my INFJ personality. <laughs> Sometimes I really wish I could turn it off, but I just can't. Yeah, I don't. I kind of like loathe the superficial. I really enjoy deep existential conversations and yeah, going beyond the surface to, and I, and I love learning. So that's part of it as well. I think that kind of helps to inform my business strategy and the way that I work in going into that level of detail because it's just an innate part of my personality. And so you've sort of adapted your career to suit who you are as a person. And then you sort of help other people do the same. To do the same. I think, and we do that naturally, right? Like we're, our tendency, the way that we work and the way we help people is based on our own lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think after many failed attempts, I finally just started listening to where I was being led in terms of being of service and helping other people and helping them get into the details that actually do matter. I think people kind of pause because it feels too overwhelming. And so they don't go down that road. And I have the ability to sit still long enough <laughs> to like go into the level of detail that's required to really extract those unique pieces that are going to 
go beyond the ordinary and make your brand stand out as opposed to what's sitting on the surface mm-hmm. to make it more impactful and more meaningful. Why do you think people resist that so much? Again, it's like it's that overwhelming and or if it's like a if it's a language that they don't understand, it's like being a deer in the headlights. You just sort of I just I don't want to touch that. Whereas mm. I see that and I'm curious and so I want to go deeper into that because I'm just driven to understand things. Mm. And so I can't, I can't help myself. <laughs> and you mentioned human design, like you're a, a hunter. A heretic investigator by one. Yes. Yeah. So that's definitely part of it as well. Right. So can you share any more about that? What is? Yeah. Well, the investigator loves acquiring more information and knowledge. And I've learned that that information isn't necessarily for me. So part of my personality, and I guess the way that my business has evolved in being of service and helping other people is because of that 5-1 heretic investigator, I am the person that carries this knowledge, not so much to help myself, but to be able to help other people. Yeah. And you work really well with two fours. Which you are. Yes. (laughs) And when I read that in the profiles, I was like, no wonder why we connect. Yeah. 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 And so I can say from my own experience in working with you through branding is like, I'm a creative by every, you know, facet of the word, whereas like seeing a spreadsheet makes me cringe and yeah, your eyes hands over. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas you are able to systemize and pull out of me what I need to like execute a vision. Otherwise, I would just be like, yeah, you see all that spreadsheet busy overwhelm and go find it you procrastinate you want to yeah. go do something else or i just fly by the seat of my pants and then end up six months later like where did i go wrong yeah and i'm always trying to find the balance because there are you know my business coach taught me that there's like two different types of people there's freezers and there's tornadoes mm. so you're more like the tornado mm-hmm. where you're just going to get in there and take inspired action which is great but then without having too much of a plan you end up sort of backtracking having to like duplicate efforts expending more energy than necessary versus myself i'm the freezer and i want to have all my ducks in a row and i want to have everything sort of mapped out and planned out but the problem with that is that unless you take action you're not getting feedback and i can have this brilliant idea built up in my head and then when i try to apply it in real life it completely flops Mm -hmm. because i haven't right so it's it's trying to find the balance between those two personality types. And so I'm really focused on that of like using my my abilities and pairing them with your abilities to find that sweet spot in the middle mm-hmm. so that we both win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of focus on like hospitality, tourism clients. Yes, because that's my background. And I know that industry inside and out, you know, I spent like 20 years, the first part of my career guiding and working in tourism and hospitality and frontline service jobs. So I understand that industry, but I'm also working more towards uh, those purpose-driven sort of heart-centric people that really feel inspired by their mission and what they're doing to help them bring that out into the world. So it's kind of that spot in the middle where it's yeah, well, that's sort of what I was leading. Do you find those people tend towards sort of the tourism space? 
I mean, they're in all kinds of fields, right? It's not just one or the other. But again, that's also part of branding and what we do is defining what that space is that we want to occupy and then owning it. Mm -hmm. And so you love to travel. I love to travel. I am a professional nomad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't actually have a house. Um, I just take care of other people's houses or I can guest house sit. So if you own a bed and breakfast and you want to take a vacation, my experience in tourism and hospitality and branding makes me a really good candidate to kind of fill your shoes when you go away to take a break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I get to live an adventureful life, which is what I realize we're here to do. I mean, we're here to experience life. So I'm going to live it the best way that I know how. Yeah. And so starting in sort of adventure tourism at the beginning of your career and working sort of that path and still traveling and bringing your communication skills into that, would you say, is there anything from your early years that sort of informed or maybe led you down this road? I think looking back on it, I didn't realize that this is where I would end up. I mean, I started out in the creative fields doing design, like in in high school, that was sort of my we don't have majors in high school but i graduated with honors in career graphics mm-hmm. and basically got through school in art class i didn't know that yeah but then i was inspired on a school field trip we went to strathona park lodge and i was just awestruck with being outdoors in nature and decided at that point that I didn't want to be a starving artist. So I would go and become a professional camper, Mm -hmm. which I did. But again, I had a back injury. So I kind of had to pull back from that. And then went back and did environmental studies, which sort of drew in the communication side and the education and teaching piece. And, and then eventually just kind of like rolled it all together. So in a way, I've kind of come full circle back to the creative like design, but with more of strategy and planning lens to looking at it and then working with folks like yourself to do the really creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Unless I want to pick up a pencil, but I haven't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. To test my drawing skills. You should <laughs> just as like a brain exercise. Mm-hmm. I know I, I do because I find that I get so analytical and like logically like driven that I try to challenge myself to do things that are more carefree and creative. I used to join my girlfriends in Tofino to go to Zumba just to, just to move <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. get in that creative space. Yeah. 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 I'm all about that lately, like the cross training your mind. Yeah. There's a really good book, which I'm sure we've probably talked about, but Robert, Robert Green, I think it is, Mastery. And so he sort of talks about how that you know, our career paths usually do sort of bounce around and bounce around, but they ultimately end up full circle. So while you feel like you're getting lost over here and lost over here and you feel directionless, it does all sort of come around at some point to like bring you to where you're meant to be. Yeah. But we're always trying to like write our story before it's sort of finished and not just like letting the process unfold. So naturally, yes. Yeah. I'm getting better at that. Just trying to really go with the flow, which I end up sort of almost forced into doing that because my life never seems to be planned out like more than three weeks in advance. So Mm -hmm. I'm sort of sitting on the edge of transition all the time, not really knowing what's coming next. And then 
and then it comes. So Mm -hmm. learning to just sort of let that happen organically and not trying to force it. And I think that's what one of my mentors years ago said to me, you know, in terms of like pushing the rock uphill. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not pushing the rock uphill. Maybe I am. So now (laughs) I'm just learning to like let go and let things come to me that are meant to come to me rather than trying to force things through because I think that that's what's best for me because we don't really know what's best for us. Yeah. The universe will take care of that. I'm starting to believe that more and more. Well, and and we can say that, but it is it can be a bit of an excruciating process. So what sort of tools do you use, you know, to to ease that process? I like all the t- <laughs> <laughs> like because of this investigator in me like I'm constantly learning and I'm very driven. People have called me tenacious a lot. So I I have mastered my three-hour morning routine of getting my coffee and reading and learning for, I mean, not the whole three hours, but I'm always picking up new skills. So currently I'm doing, well, I signed up for Mind Valley, And so I'm doing the duality training, which is learning all about like energy and understanding how to utilize my energy and use it in my business. I've tried different meditation tactics. Definitely the like just the morning kind of like workout, just grounding yourself, moving your body is really important for me. And spending time outside in nature, going for walks is all all the skills. I just roll them all into my epically long three-hour morning routine. <laughs> Which as a professional nomad, you have the luxury of doing. Well, and no dependents or spouses. (laughs) So yes, I do. And I recognize that that's not for everybody, but it is for me. So I'm very grateful that I have the flexibility. And I've worked on that. I worked so hard to build that intentionally into my life and my business to retain my autonomy Mm -hmm. and the flexibility and freedom to do that on my own terms. Well, and that's what I wanted to add was that, you know, I, I get the same things that work for myself from home that people mm-hmm. sometimes say, oh, well, it must be nice to just go for a run in the middle of the day. And it's like, well, I haven't, I have intentionally built this life do that. to be able to do what I need to do and what I need for me. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not always easy, but you know, I, I have intentionally set out to have this path and have this freedom that I have. And yeah. It's not easy. And like, for me, there's definitely a rebellious streak. So I get that's a bit of my brand as well as, you know, just sort of pushing back and resisting against the norm. But I've always had this rebellious streak, like, you're not going to tell me what to do, Mm -hmm. which is probably why I didn't really fit in the standard nine to five, like I have to go and carve my own path and create something. But in doing that, in order to get the things done, you it's not easy like it's not yeah it's not like we're just relaxing I have to be very disciplined to plan out my day and my week and my month to know what I'm working on Mm -hmm. otherwise yes time could easily you know just disappear through our fingers and we get to the end of the year and wonder what (laughs) I think it's like that with anything like even the emotional work and that's I think a whole part of it and a part of your brand too is like doing that emotional work in your business yeah and I know we've talked about this a lot of times like running your own business you can't just like that is the hard work and that is the 
the purposeful work is like excavating your limiting beliefs of like, why, why can't I live that lifestyle? How, how am I, you know, disrupting the flow of my own business and doing all that sort of inner excavation? You're constantly coming up against that, Mm -hmm. not feeling good enough all the time. And if you go to your regular job, I don't know if that makes if it's different, I mean, I think like we're all kind of working against those struggles, regardless of how our lives are shaped. But yeah, being self-made kind of entrepreneur definitely doesn't. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> it's it. sort of that meme. It's like marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Like going to the gym is hard. Being overweight is hard. Choose your hard. Yeah. And it's the same sort of thing. I think like go into the nine to five and like, you know, sure. Grass is always greener on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's different different types of hard for sure. Mm-hmm. But where to go from here? I mean, up next we sort of have what is deep branding. We've sort of been talking about, you know, your path and your, mm-hmm. your how you got here, and just my innate kind of personality and abilities that feed into the way that I've designed my business. So deep branding is. Again, it's going beyond the surface. Most people think that they just need a logo and a website. And I was caught in that trap too, starting my business. I need a logo and a website. And of course, through my own business building, brand building journey, I realized that that is like kind of like the third thing that you need. It's not the first thing that you need. The first thing is having that foundational knowledge of what you're trying to build and the essence, you know, your brand frequency, why you do the work you do, making sure that you have a clear understanding of that before you dive into logos and websites. And so that's what deep branding does is it really helps to unearth all the deeper things that are going to create a more meaningful and impactful brand versus just jumping ahead and setting up a website and grabbing a logo, which once you actually do the work, in your business and understand your brand better you most people realize that their their logo their identity doesn't really match their brand frequency mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i get it like the you want to get your logo on your website because you want to feel legitimate it's like putting on your armor and so that you can go face the world like i'm legit yeah i'm doing this right but I I would say no, like pull back on the reins, spend the time to do the work to get more familiar with your brand and what you're trying to build, spend some time working with your clients, getting feedback. I mean, a, a key part of building a brand is listening mm-hmm. and getting that feedback. So I would start there and then focus on the brand identity piece, building your logo and your website and stuff sort of after you've spent some time working in your business. And it sort of ties back to like what we were just talking about, about how, you know, running your own business and being self-employed or an entrepreneur, there is so many edges you come up to personally and emotionally, you know, just in that space that you need to first figure out like why do I want to do this who mm-hmm. what what am I getting out of it how can I build my lifestyle intentionally around this business because most people who are getting into business it's because they don't want to work the nine to five it's because they want that freedom they want their lifestyle so if you can 
look at that lifestyle and your own emotional edges and, and figure out that as a foundation first and then get into like who you're trying to talk to and really build that foundation, which you're so good at doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're not getting your logo and your website. And then five you know years later or next year, six months down the road, you're like, I hate this. What's yeah. happening? Yeah. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. And having that foundation again, that's that's the purpose that you why you get out of bed every day, right? Otherwise, what's the incentive? Mm-hmm. So doing that work and understanding what that is makes you more driven to want to keep going, even because there's gonna be those bottom of the roller coaster and top of the right. So you gotta, yeah. in order to work through that roller coaster of emotions, you have to have a solid why. Mm. solid foundation so that you keep showing up I think yeah and it can be hard sometimes to sort of stoke that fire again when you do come up against those walls so like to have have that plan and that you know whole purpose-driven system that you're so good at building to go back to and like restoke the fires and inspiration is so important because it definitely is not easy and then you yeah you get to those limitations and those walls or you and it's easy. Okay, I'm just going to give up. But yeah, if you've done the that foundational work, I think there's more incentive to keep going. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, so why is it important to establish meaningful connections with your audience? When you dig deeper and unearth that essence and the purpose behind your brand, you're creating an emotional connection with your audience and that emotional connection has more resonance rather than that stuff that's on the surface <laughs> uh yeah so it it adds what was the question <laughs> <laughs> why well, it's important to establish meaningful connections with your audience right so again so that it makes it more sticky right the the memories are what makes it stick so rather than just spouting, you know, features and benefits and facts and whatever, when you build that emotional resonance with your audience, you're going to have a more lasting impact and they'll remember you and they'll, you'll be the one that comes to mind the next time when they are, when you're satisfying that struggle, that pain point. For sure. Like when you have that, you know, you see something and you're like this, yes, this is what I want. If you can sort of create that and spark that in your audience is obviously going to have a way better. Yeah. Like when I was looking for different business mentors, I mean, there's lots out there, but the one that I chose was the person that I resonated with. You know, Mm -hmm. she told a story that I I could kind of like see behind the scenes and was like, that is so me. <laughs> I want to work with you because you're going to get me. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you create that emotional resonance, that's what draws people in mm-hmm. more so. Mm-hmm. And how do you go about doing that, do you think? So that's the storytelling aspect, right? Thinking about, well, definitely the listening, learning more about your audience, what they're going through so that you understand what we call pain points or their problem or challenge and what it is that they're desiring, their hopes and vision for the future. And speaking that language, when you can tell a story that resonates with how they're feeling, then that's going to make that connection stronger. Mm -hmm. And the data that we have available now is like so insane. Like I know the algorithm will bring up and it's like, do you have this, 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 and this? And I'm like, 
did somebody write this for me? Like, yeah, it's like, get out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's like, I like, I love the Myers Briggs and all those things because I just think that, wow, you know me so well. Mm -hmm. And then the same for tourism and marketing. Like, there's so much data on your audience. It's crazy how much people are listening. But yeah, there's lots of ways to get that information mm -hmm. to get into your customer's shoes. I mean, certainly by having these conversations, but there's lots of market research and data available that my clients have no idea even exist. Mm -hmm. Prism is one of them for marketing that gives you all the kind of demographics and physiographics of your target audience. But then looking at reviews or and, and just books that are written about the subject matter, like there's so much different ways that you can unearth this information mm -hmm. and learn more about who your audience is yeah and i think that goes back to what you're saying about the website and the logo too is like getting into your business and getting that feedback whether it's data that way or experiential mm -hmm. data understanding what people want because we quite often will just assume we are the demographic and that we you know like what we want is what the audience wants that's a huge one and i was thinking about that recently because we often, I think, confuse ourselves with our business and our audience. And it depends, I think, also whether you're building a personal brand or just a bigger brand on its own that's not based on on you, the owner, that, yeah, we forget. <laughs> we, we kind of make it about ourselves. And it's never, it's never about ourselves. It's always about our audience even the way that you design your logo, like it's not because you like that color. Mm -hmm. What is the emotional frequency that you're trying to generate? Look at the color theory and pick the colors that are going to resonate with that emotional frequency. Pick the images that are going to resonate with that emotional frequency, not just because you like it, but it's because that's what's going to resonate with your audience. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard. I know we've talked about like I've struggled with that always like... Mm separating myself from the business, business and whether I'm on the brand or I'm not the brand because there's so much too in solopreneurship that it is so much Very intertwined much. with your personal yeah. brand as well as the business's brand so I think that can be just and that's the brilliance behind branding though right because you you can make a personal brand or you can make something that is separate from yourself and and intentionally shape it mm -hmm. in that way mm -hmm. yeah I don't think I have that ability <laughs> Maybe it's the ego, but it's like always somehow I get get interfere in there. But yeah, yeah, easy to do. Yeah, for sure. So very cool. There's something else unique about what you do. We'll talk about the role of collaboration. Collaboration is key for me because two heads are better than one, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like just trying to go it on your own is less. I mean, you're just you're not open to experiencing other ideas. So I've built in this collaborative process not doing it for you but doing it with you to help inspire more creativity more innovation to build capacity is huge understanding why you're doing things and not just doing them for the sake of doing them or marketing on every platform because every marketer told you that that's what you need to do. My approach is different in the collaborative aspect. And I, I again, that comes also from my own innate curiosity to kind of want to learn things mm -hmm. and then being able to share that back with other people. So sure, it's not for everybody, but if you want to learn 
and you want to take more responsibility and accountability in your business, then the collaborative process will help you build that knowledge base and hopefully inspire more innovative ideas. For sure. Because we all have blind spots and it's hard to see them. And yeah, just calling. Well, I find like just working together, like you will often call me out on my own you know, <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, totally. And give me other ideas and we'll just sort of like feed off each other. And with, without that, as a solopreneur, you can just sort of get lost in the muck. And yeah, it can be hard. Yeah, very easy to do. So yeah, by coming together. And then it's also like a confidence piece. So I think I kind of naturally gravitated towards that kind of business model in working with my clients in that way because of my own personal journey and wanting that reassurance and so having that collaborative process provides that feedback and that reassurance to not just generate more interesting ideas but to also validate those ideas or be challenged on and build more confidence in putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. what would you say is like the most challenging part of your job Mm. i mean for me too it's getting lost in the details most like that most people kind of feel overwhelmed by them and as I am good at sort of like keeping my butt in the chair to slowly methodically intentionally work through all those details but even in that like I can get caught up in too many Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. I, I have the same struggle I just perhaps have a little bit more willpower to kind of work through it until I get to the other side of it and how how do you find like in your, when you first start talking with a client like how do you figure out like if this is going to be a good fit because surely like having your personality be so into the details like client comes along as they start working together and they're like totally surface level like mm-hmm. how do you go through that process to to rule those ones out that aren't a good fit that's a really good question <laughs> which i didn't ask you beforehand so there's no prep for that yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just I have a I have a sort of a discovery call with every person. And I think you just kind of know who you're going to click with and, and who you're not. But definitely having an intake form and sort of having those questions up at the forefront to gain a sense of their personality and whether that's going to fit or not mm-hmm. is part of that process. Yeah. Would you say your intuition comes into play? Do you, how much, how do you use your intuition in your business? Because I find that I I do tend to rely on that a lot. Yes. And for me, I'm learning. I'm still sort of like a baby spiritual (laughs) in trying, in trusting my intuition. It's always been there, but learning how it shows up for me to understand what those cues are and then starting to pay more attention. But that's the first step, really, is that just having an awareness. Mm-hmm. And if you at least have that awareness, then you're a step ahead of the game. And you're a sacral generator, too, are you not? Yeah. Yeah. So do you find no. that you... No, sacral, solar, here. Yeah. Are you supposed sacral. to have, like, the yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you feel about that? I really struggle <laughs> to get out of my brain Mm -hmm. because I'm so logical and I, you know, want to learn and do the research that it's really challenging for me to get out of my, out of my head. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I'm really slowing down, spending more time in meditation, trying to listen to 
my body and the feelings Mm -hmm. because I I have always been very sensitive and emotional I just my logical mind has overridden that but definitely as a child I was very sensitive quick to tears those kinds of things Mm -hmm. that I pushed down Mm -hmm. now I'm learning to let them Mm -hmm. come up and just feel my way through them so for me, I definitely, I like, I feel a yes, like a full body yes. And I'll feel resistance with a no. And like I spoke with in my interview with Jordan, like it, it's almost like a light up for a yes and yes. like a very dense for a no. Do you have any sort of experience like that? No, because I second guess it. Then my brain goes, and if it was like, a yeah, then my brain starts going and it's like, was that a yeah? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So again, yeah, I'm still learning. More for me, it's the self, not self. But when I'm coming up against frustration, then I'm veering off course and I need to look up and see where I'm going mm-hmm. and reevaluate. And that's usually what shows up for me more is just that feeling of frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's hard too because, you know, like we do still have to live in like society and pay bills and do all the things that we have to do. So it can be this hard. human thing. Yeah, like I might like or might say no, my body says no, but it's like, but I I need the paycheck and I have to do this. And, yeah. You know, and I know like Jordan said, like the more I start to listen to the yeses and the noes, the more I'll flow and things mm-hmm. will sort of happen as they should. But it, it can be challenging for sure to just mm-hmm. trust. and. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's the big thing is trusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, because those those signals are there and I need to <laughs> I need to listen to myself as yeah. much as I listen to my clients. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a whole episode I need to find somebody about the difference between intuition and anxiety. And you know like listening where it shows up in the body. Mm-hmm. And I know just from ex- my own experience that's taken, you know, a lot of trial and error to figure out like I can I can now sort of figure out where intuition is sort of like for me quiet back here and I feel it in my gut whereas anxiety is definitely like fast and loud and in my chest Mm -hmm. so it's been hard to sort of differentiate like which sort of where it's coming from yeah and I have like an open root and crown Mm. so I'm just like wide open on both ends which makes it hard to for me to discern what's mine versus else's so yes and I think maybe that's part of like what makes me good at, at what I'm doing is being able to resonate and feel what other people are like what's right for them so and that's what I pull into this sort of collaborative done with you is I don't think that I I have the answers. And so really trying to empower you to trust what you're feeling. And my role is just to help guide the process and bring that out. But it's not to give you the answers or do it for you. If you want to build something that truly resonates and is in alignment and feels authentic to you, learning to trust those those signals. Mm-hmm. So with those open centers, it's probably more so that you are like channeling your clients information yeah and like feeding it back to them yes because i noticed even like in the show notes that we did like you were saying people seem to think i am capable like you almost did not feel the capability yourself but if you were i did not feel it myself that's part of the five one piece is like that people project 
on you. So it's kind of a blessing and a curse because it's not based in reality per se. <laughs> They're projecting that I'm capable and therefore I must be capable. And then of course, when I fall off my pedestal, I fall really hard. But but if, but if, if I'm just trying to get to like, if that, if that was the case that you are, are sort of almost acting like a conduit, like I can see how you could maybe feel that it's not even you, you know, it doesn't feel yeah. like me, but I'm capable of doing it. And that's what they're projecting as well. They know that I will figure it out. Mm -hmm. I've always just been able to figure it out. Like I said, I've, I've done a lot of schooling, but I'm also self-taught, self-built in a lot of areas because that's that's my superpower i guess yeah well i think that's interesting and i wonder if like that's why women tend towards or it's usually women more in marketing i don't even know if that's mm -hmm. true i assume it's true i don't have a statistic but i don't yeah because of that intuition and that intuitive ability to sort of like read energy and read needs and sort of yeah do that sort of work to do that work very possible yeah I had a thought, but I, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about you channeling. Maybe you could channel some spirits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that part of it too, though, is like, I have this sort of like grand idea of, of what it, what it is. Like I, I, and it's more subtle, I think. Like I want to be like hit over the head with mm. it. And so that's probably why I don't trust it. Mm -hmm. It's happening all the time. But I'm ignoring those signals because they're they're subtle. Yes, I've I noticed this in my own experience that 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 magic is very subtle, mm -hmm. and it is yeah. You do need to sort of like fine tune your sort of like frequency to to pick so, it up. Oh yeah, otherwise I just have these false expectations of what it's supposed to be. I mean, because some people can clearly see colors and hear voices or whatever, and I don't feel that they come through as strongly for me yeah way and because they show up differently for everybody and so trying to sort of set that right expectation what it yeah should be and i think is. like the more we do start to notice and tune into that whatever it is like that you do align with that frequency it does get stronger mm -hmm. the um, more you practice yeah like every muscle the more you practice so very much on that path of practicing during my three-hour morning routine yeah build those additional tools mm -hmm. and yes i'm constantly building my toolbox mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i had a thought too and now i just <laughs> it's funny how they just <laughs> come to we're supposed to just witness that. i know yeah mm -hmm. i mean we kind of started turning down this like frequency road but that's where we go and that's what we you know do enjoy these sort of existential we do enjoy these <laughs> i love them i mean like that's why i want to do deep branding like mm -hmm. i don't want to do i want to do something i've always been driven to do something meaningful mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people can resonate with that and that's what drives us to do what we do but in figuring out what that meaningful thing is you have to go deeper mm -hmm. you have to be willing to ask the tough questions and i like and i, I like to do that mm -hmm. i like to to dig deep i don't like to answer them myself <laughs> but i'll certainly poke and prod and try to you know see what's going on because i want to understand and i want to yeah evolve. yeah no i think we share that for sure i'm very similar like you can't tell me to just get the job done 
like I have to know why I'm doing it. If there's, if it doesn't have a greater impact, like I just, I don't really, I think it's mundane and I don't want to do it. So yeah, totally. I'm the exact same way. And then I noticed too, like when I'm in my, I guess my not self, like I'll even do that in my own business. Or if I'm Mm -hmm. working with a client that's maybe not as engaged and they just want a logo on a website, then I'm just like, let's just get this done. And then I'm unfulfilled by work. And I feel like it's not been a great project and I don't. Not a good fit. Yeah. 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 So that need to go deeper. But I think, oh, this was my thought was like the astrology and I wish I knew what it was, but I don't remember. But like last year, I know there was like a huge shift that, you know, it was like almost like a 200 year shift. This mm. two planets moved and it is supposed to be moving us into this more like spiritual age of, you know, like everyone's going to get a little bit more woo woo. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting, I think, to have these conversations about how our intuition and how our reading these subtle signs come into our work, because it's, I think those lines are blurring, you know, like the wounds. Well, and I think as we come into that frequency, we attract more of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been shocked at like how many people are pulling intuition and human design and astrology into their business models. It's it's shocking to me, but also I think that's because as we come online with that frequency, then that's going to show up more and more in our circumstances, right? But there is definitely something happening. And just because I don't see colors doesn't mean that I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's something else that I've realized too in the work that I've been doing is it's like there is. There's a connection between like believing and experiencing. And until you have that experience, you don't necessarily believe it. Like you kind of just have to tell yourself that you believe it. It's faith really Mm -hmm. is what it is. But then when you actually have that experience and the more you have that experience, then the more grounded that becomes as a belief Mm -hmm. and not just some wishful thinking. Yeah. I In my last interview I did with Courtney and Courtney does integrative energy therapy. Mm-hmm. So I said, we embraced the fucking woo. Like it was, <laughs> we were very much in the woo. She was saying, and I don't know where the statistic came from, but that there was like three groups of people on the planet. The one group, they believe like wholeheartedly into the magic and the woo and they don't need you know, evidence. And they convincing. Feel, yeah, mm-hmm. they're in it. They believe it 100%. Yeah. Then there's the people who need evidence and experience and all, you know, like prove it to me. Yeah. And then there's the people who are just not ever going to believe it. No, yeah. no. Yes. Well, there's also, there's kind of like that conscious, like spiritual development as well as cognitive development. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've followed Ken Wilber at all, mm-hmm. but he gets into this integral life holistic kind of view of the world and how we operate Mm -hmm. but yes there can be people that are more they say the right kind of spiritual like they they know all the language and they talk it but because they're not cognitively at the same level Mm. there's a there's a disconnect so there's two things that mm-hmm. play in terms of cognitive development and conscious development. That reminds me of the Eastern body, Western mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like the chakras, I think, develop at the same time as the uh, the cognitive, was it Piaget's stages of development or something? Yeah. yeah. And so reading that was really interesting to see how sort of like your spiritual energies develop at the same time as your sort of cognitive yeah. developmental development. stages. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
There's lots going on. And that's what I love about this too. Like everybody's kind of pulling in all these different traditions and schools of thought because I, I think that there's a thread of truth in all of them. And now we're really starting to see things kind of like being woven together mm-hmm. and applied simultaneously too, which is really interesting. It is very, very interesting. And it's interesting how that sort of coming up at the same time as like, we also have like the global shit show that's happening, you know, like it's, it's, there's so much heaviness. There's a lot of heaviness happening. Yeah. But I mean, all thought is creative. So if we want to follow the positive thread, we can shift timelines and jump into a more positive future. Mm-hmm like where we went and took that turn of course that's where we always go yeah <laughs> yeah we always we always go down the rabbit hole we do and you shared the the jk ultra rabbit hole i definitely went deep into that too so yeah i do love it and I'm, I'm like i said i i definitely have gone from sort of that non-believer to i don't know but it's anything's possible so yeah learning how to apply all kinds of new tools they're they're that's what they are they're tools to help us navigate our lives yeah and that's what fuels me to to do what i do to get through life yeah Mm -hmm. definitely yeah and i think we've talked a lot about like questioning our own beliefs and like what is real that I always remember that was one of the big questions in my in my master's program it's like what is truth what is reality mm-hmm. like I don't and now I'm reading quantum physics like I I don't know if we'll ever there is no definitive answer yeah and I think that's what we really struggle with is sitting with the unknown mm-hmm. I fully embrace and believe that there is a power greater than us i don't know do we have to know exactly how it works i know well and what was it it was i don't think it was the nobel peace prize but it was like the science a science prize which was that then they proved that like reality is a construct yeah it's like a projection of our own internal Mm -hmm. yeah so that everybody sort of has their own version of reality and that Mm -hmm. you know manifestation is real essentially I want to go back and watch The Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember, like, it's like it's sort of seeing those things, or even Men in Black, actually, at mm-hmm. the end of the show, when it's like the universe is in the cat's collar, Bell. I, I'm like, way back when I watched those, it kind of just went over my head. But now right? that I'm so much more awake. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is why it's like, we, I don't remember what we were talking about. And you asked me, you're like, are you sure you're not a conspiracy theorist? And I was like, I'm, I'm 100% sure that I am actually, because just, and I, I think it's mostly because I'm not trying to convince anybody or make anybody believe anything, but because I do get like, maybe I'm just too inquisitive. Like I am like, is that real? Yeah. You know, is that a possibility? And like going down those rabbit holes and sort of expanding your mind into possibilities. But then if, reality is a projection of my own sort of imagination if i'm open to those ideas then maybe they can become reality. well i just think about how i've shifted in my own life and what i used to believe to what i believe now like if it's so malleable and like we can train ourselves to believe whatever we want to believe mm-hmm. then yeah and it's like the world's your have, oyster. Like. Yes, I have <laughs> definitely been thinking about that. Like, well, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. But like, at the same time, I would way rather believe in this 
greater like potential of like anything and everything because it's such a more positive stream than getting stuck in these negative right ideas like it pulled down it makes life so much more magical and interesting and like so i would way rather follow that thread or threads Mm -hmm. than than the alternative yeah Mm -hmm. i agree and i think like on that note like we left off on like how there is so much darkness and heaviness in the world but there's this opportunity to yeah, like follow these threads and believe in something more and have positive mm-hmm. outlook of this sort of like magic that exists for those who believe. And it's like, yeah, I'd rather choose that. Yeah. Even if that makes me sound crazy conspiracy theorist. You're not crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, 10, 20 years ago, I probably thought you were crazy. Yeah. And now I'm crazy. So <laughs> it's fine. We can just be crazy together. Well, I think that's what they say is that crazy is usually being right way early. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was that like Instagram meme or something about, you know, the crazy squirrel. I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, like one person starts dancing and they look like a fool. Yes. And then all of a sudden everybody's dancing and they no longer look like a fool because everybody's dancing. So yes, it takes a lot of courage to step out ahead of the crowd mm-hmm. um, and do your own thing, but you could change the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, like, it's so important to, yeah, do that internal work, figure out who you are, what you want, mm-hmm. like, excavate the beliefs that you need to be in the nine to five job that you hate, and start driving your life in that direction. And even if that path is like completely mud, then you go see Rebecca. I was like, yeah, and then I can help you do that. <laughs> exactly. And then she will sort your shit out and create the path forward for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's mm-hmm. why I love, I love doing that because I'm super curious seeing all the different expressions and helping you find that unique expression mm-hmm. to do what you want to do and what you want to bring forward and create in the world. Yeah. And I think that's for me, the whole purpose with Lunar Loom and this podcast and, you know, all the plans for it is to really help people do that and like fulfill their life's Sort help of. kind of lead the way and yeah. provide some inspiration and mm-hmm. know that everyone is supported and mm-hmm. for those who want to like have more deeply fulfilling life and it's not i mean the entrepreneurial path is not for everybody but it's i think that's kind of what we're getting at with some of this sort of spiritual and internal work is figuring out what that is for mm-hmm. you right and Definitely. what is that unique expression if you need that structure and that stability nothing wrong with having a nine to five job absolutely if you're feeling unfulfilled and you're in your not self theme mm-hmm. then what else is available to you yeah and be willing and courageous enough to explore that mm-hmm. so absolutely yeah i think you know a lot of my close friends and family definitely wonder what i'm up to and i don't know most <laughs> days either but whatever it is it's working and i'm i'm loving it so i just want to keep creating and doing more of that mm-hmm. well i look forward to sharing that path with you I I love working with you. Yeah. And when I found out that our profile types were compatible, I know. I was like, this is so cool. No wonder why. Like, yeah, it makes so much sense. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, we balance each other out. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you can bring my ideas to life and I can help you extract those ideas. Yeah. So totally. Well, thank you for the lovely chat. Likewise. All right.